there's heaps of things to think about. I think one thing that if you've listened this far into this episode is that do your research. Mm. What breed do you want? Number one. Number two is do you want an adult dog? Do you have time for a puppy? Number three is research the research and keep researching and find ask questions ask professionals ask 500 different questions if you if you think you've got an impulse on a puppy and don't be set on that one puppy that you see because he looked at me or something is that you go there five other times keep thinking about it think about it for an extra month after Mm -hmm. because one month two months isn't the end of the world Mm -hmm. and then go i still want this puppy perfect then you need a puppy yeah you know because obviously i want people to own dogs i'm a dog trainer i love dogs too (laughs) But don't, Future clients. Yeah, yeah, like, but don't be getting a dog just because, mm. you know, you, you've, you've, you've got some void in your life and you haven't filled it and you get the dog, you're into it for a year and then the dog rots away in your yard because it hasn't had the life that it needs. There's a lot of emotion attached to dogs and fair enough. Yeah. Like they're, um, Well, like I got the dog, I didn't, I didn't realize how much a dog was going to change my life. I was 18, you know, and I got this dog and, and he changed everything about me. So that dog changed my life and it's what the dog taught me. Mm. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Awesome. You can hear me good? Yeah, I can hear. All right. All right, episode 10, we're back. How good is that? We've uh, had a few weeks off and uh, we're back for the summer. That's it, man. How you been? Good, man. Good. It's good to My see you. My brother got married. That's um, exciting. The speech went off pretty well, I thought. That's good. Everyone seemed to enjoy it and it was a great wedding, so. Awesome. Had a bit of a break. You had an awesome break yeah. over a week. Went camping, glamping, I should say. <laughs> the Mrs. Uh, Rach wanted to go glamping, so we went to Tilba Tilba and uh, yeah, it was good, man. Made me jealous. Good break. You, you went me, away too. You went to I Jarvis did. Bay. That was oh, that was awesome. Yeah, Leonardo was in the ocean for the first time. Yep, early exposure. Nice he loved it. it. Was in a little floaty. Yeah, that's awesome. We were like pushing him around and yeah, yeah, for like twenty minutes. Yeah, he just hung out. That's sick. We were too scared to go in because it was too cold, <laughs> and he hung out there the whole time. No, he's showing good. you up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good to have a break in between our busy lives, right? That's it, man. Yeah, we uh, we wind ourselves a bit too tightly sometimes. I, I think. think so. Yeah. As I was just saying before we started today, like came straight from the shelter, as a, had the open day today and did a few demonstrations and setting everything up and yeah. coming straight here, we we're a little bit buzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all good. Gr- ground ourselves. That's it. Ground yourself before we start. Yeah. So, we're going to talk today about adopt versus shop. Yeah. So, it is a big topic in the canine world. Yeah, it is. So, should we, should we adopt dogs or should we buy them as a puppy? from you know a breeder or, or such like that but maybe the answer is not really so black and white yeah i think so and I you've th- had a lot of time with shelters so this is a uh, a good topic for you to cover yeah. yourself well maybe we'll talk a little bit about the background of what i think like what i see and what i've experienced working in shelters mm. and helping out and been volunteering at um southern shire animal shelter now for like six years it's been now yeah and and obviously i started at sydney dogs and cats home that was my first exposure around yeah. around dogs really besides my own and there is pros and cons to both, of course. So if we talk about rescue dogs first, so for people that don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure you do anyway, but yep. a rescue dog means that you've rescued a dog from the shelter yep. or you've adopted him. You basically bought a dog that someone else couldn't 
look after yep. anymore and is at a location and Whether then you buy them, yeah, right? Yeah, the RSPCA or a private shelter. Yeah. You've rescued that dog from the shelter yeah. and possibly the unfortunate. Well, what, what did Bill Burr say? Is like, you didn't rescue the dog. Like, you didn't, like, bur- <laughs> get him from a burning house and save his life, you know? And I Well, think- I was about to say you, you might have rescued him from, from euthanasia, so maybe you did in a way. In, in, in some sense. So, yeah. look, at Sullen Shy Animal Shelter, they don't put the dogs down unless they are not deemed to be released to the community, like if they're- Unhomeable, yeah. non-rehomeable. Yeah, if they're like, sick or if they're, yeah. like, really, really aggressive. And it's not that many, Yeah. Um, especially at the shelter that I work at. There's other shelters. I won't name any names, but how it works is that if a dog comes in and has a microchip, they have to legally hold that dog for 14 days before it becomes their property and they do as they wish. In some places, they haven't got the resources. So, on to the 14th day, they- 14th day, they get you there. Unless then there's people interested in the dog. And again, I don't know how it works because I haven't worked in shelters like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then either then they have to put them down because then there's no room for other yeah. dogs to come in. And then the dogs that aren't microchipped, they have a seven-day holding until then they become their property. So, okay. in some cases, for sure, their dogs have a limited time there and you have to take that dog on, which can be a problem, and I'll bring that up in a sec. Yeah. And there's other places where the dog stays there indefinitely until the right person comes and, and takes the dog home. Yeah. yeah. I should say as well, um, all of the dogs that we've had in our family were all rescue dogs from one organisation or another. So, we had one from monica's rescue which is uh she's up at ingleside up on the northern beaches and via a foster home and then our second dog fudge that first dog was living at that foster home at the time and then like i said um in i think in our first episode they had to give him up because of travel a lot of travel was going on and um so yeah rescue dogs all around and they're amazing dogs man like you know and it is i think there is a bit of a sense of um I don't know what's the word. It does feel good to think that you've given that dog a, another chance to have a nice home. It is. And look, and we're in a fortunate situation that we can do that. There are yeah. people that are volunteering their time and they don't make nothing from it yeah. to make sure these dogs get a home. So it's, you yeah. know, my hat's off to them. It's a hard job. Fostering dogs is not an easy thing. Mm. People think that it's a very noble thing to do, which it is, yeah. but it's a very stressful thing, you know, having to look after a dog that isn't yours and your dogs have to – um you know, wear it, yep. you know, because the other dog's getting more attention. The dogs are not particularly social and they're disruptive and they're just, mm. you know, they they change the dynamics of the house. So, yeah. people that foster dogs, they're awesome. And there are places that go around and take the dogs from these places, go into foster homes, and then they advertise so then someone else can, can buy them. I think one thing, it can be a very emotional thing. As you said before, it makes you feel good. And people say, well, I need to rescue the dog. The dog's going to die. So, they take the wrong dog home. I think that's a problem. Sure. So, just because it's a rescue dog doesn't mean that it's the it's, right dog. It's suitable for you. You can still have the wrong the wrong rescue dog. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, so we'll talk about the comparisons, but a little bit more. So, like today, there was an open day at the shelter that I help out at. What's the purpose of that? Is that obviously to bring more traffic through to get more dogs adopted, basically? Yeah. yeah. You just it's, They do it once a year. Everyone gets together. There's a whole bunch of different stalls in the in their car park there yeah. and- I was the, the trainer. There was a other training group. They, they're the, um, like the dog school. Mm. So they do like agility training and different tricks and some obedience. So they showed off some of their tricks, which was cool. Yeah. And I was talking more about how to approach a dog. So there was lots of kids there. It was good for them to learn how to, um, how to appropriately. An unknown dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's no point asking, can I pat your dog when you're already patting it? You know, it's good <laughs> to ask and then you wait. And then again, like little things that, you know, how to approach. And there's a video up on my, my YouTube channel. 
from two years ago that I did it. And I, I recorded some of it today, so we'll try to put something together and put it out. In the, I saw YouTube. a lady the other day walking her dog and it had a harness on and it had a um, um, like a Velcro badge on it that said, do not pet. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> There's other ones that said like nervous, fearful, aggressive. Yeah, or and, in and training. I've yeah. seen, I've seen service. Obviously, service dogs yep. pretty common, but like stuff like in training or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So today I did two talks. One of them was about how to approach dogs, and in the same one, I was just talking a little bit of basics about you know what what to do, you know, to start markers. And stuff. Yeah, making training a bit more fun. Now the dog yeah. that I had unfortunately was like so tired and hot, and he was playing in the yard with with another dog through the fence, and by the time I brought him out. His name was Boss. He's like a Roddy mix. He was an awesome dog, but he was just gas, not taking nothing. Like, didn't hot want food. Hot day today as well. It was hot. He we wanted to yeah. sit in the shade. So, I did see- Actually, remember Archie, the golden retriever? Yeah. They were there. So, I'm like, can I use your Archie for a sec? And I did a bit of demonstration and stuff. So, that was pretty cool. And How's then he doing? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah they're doing really well. Getting they're going to get married in October and they want to do some training to, um, so he can be the ring bearer. Be the ring. Yeah. yeah so, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. So, we're going to do a bit of training with that. And then the second talk, I brought another dog out. His name's Biffy. He's been a little bit of a problem child there. Um, With a name like that. Yeah. You know, he's a massive, massive staffy, mastiff cross. Needs a lot of work. He's a dog that no Joe Blow can just come and take, in my opinion. And I don't, and I think for reason is because he's really intense, super high drive. And he's had some behavioral issues, like he chases bikes and skateboards. He will jump up and bite men on their arms, not aggressively. It's through he play. He thinks he's playing, yeah. It's through play, but then the frustration and the intensity, especially if you're trying to get him off in a hurry, it can just get him into a frenzy. And so he's been around for about six months at the shelter and we've done heaps of work. So I use him for the second repetition, I mean, the second Session, demonstration. Yeah. And we're talking about the three most important commands is the downstay, the recall, and the bed command. So I just demonstrated some of that and just kind of give everyone a little bit of a feel for what we do with the dogs down at the shelter. And, and I think that's important. And I think. We weren't sure about how we're going to take this this episode today. We're going to talk more about adopt versus shop. Mm. Another episode is going to be about what should we do if you are working at a shelter or if you're a volunteer, what to do so then it makes this part of what we're going to talk about more easier. Mm. Now, let's just assume that it's just a place that they just care for the dogs and they go for walks, but there's no real training. So these dogs are in the shelter for a reason because they the owners the previous owners couldn't handle them. The dog kept on escaping. They had some sort of behavioral issue. Or he was- um, That, he was that just, can be one of the reasons why they're there. Yeah, yeah like, some people surrender yeah. the dog because they're going to move overseas and move to died or- Yeah, so all yeah. these things happen. Now, we see a lot of the small dogs and the cuter dogs, they stay there like with, within a day of being their property, they're gone. Gone. It's the big, strong dogs and we see a lot of staffies and a lot of the um the shepherd crosses and, and the, the roddy. Look, the roddy's going to go quick, but the staffies- like, Dogs the, that are big like spades maybe? And bigger. Yeah. Generally. Stronger. Really big, strong dogs and nobody. Look, it's, it's good that the they bully, don't go. The bully breeds. The bully breeds. It's yeah. good that they don't just go to any home willy-nilly. Yeah. Ah. Willy-nilly. That's it. Because I think it's um it, it just sets them up for failure. So if you're getting a dog that's a rescue dog, good on you. You're doing, doing an awesome thing. Just make sure, especially if it's a big, powerful, strong breed, is that you have some experience. Mm. And if you don't have any experience, get that experience. Get a trainer in within that first week. Because you want to set your place up. Like the dog's probably going to destroy your house. He's probably going to bark when he's on his own. He's probably going to pull on the lead and lunge at other dogs. He's probably going to be overexcited, mm-hmm. too friendly, n- n- probably not housebroken. Probably you, pee inside you were saying house. to me um, when you, you're saying, as I was talking about getting a dog and maybe a puppy, and you're saying, you know, realistically for the first couple of weeks, weeks you probably want to have some time 
maybe yeah. off work. Mm. It's like bringing a baby into the house. You know, you need to be around while the dog could be displaying un, un, unsuitable or undesired behaviours to be there rather than having it barking all day while you're at work. Or- For sure. At, at least a week. It, yeah. look, it just gives you some time to even practice being away from home. Mm. You know, so like let's just say you bring that the rescue dog home and he's in your backyard. Yeah. If you bring your dog into the backyard and he's a big, strong dog, make sure all the fences secure. are secure. Mm-hmm. So, like, underneath the fence, he can't dig under it. Come up with ways of putting pavers along the fence line, putting timber sleepers that are thick enough so he can't dig under it. Make sure it's six foot or over. Some dogs will clear a six-foot fence anyway. Um, I would suggest maybe even crate training mm. um, and coming up with ways that you know you can manage that dog so he can stay in your property. That's number one. And if you are going to take that week off, teach him how to be out in the backyard on his own. Don't leave your dog into the in the house and then disappear for three hours, five hours, eight hours after work. You're going to come back to a bombs hit it. Mm. So if you are going to be taking that week off, then he's in the yard and go, all right, you're going to spend 10 minutes there. I'm going to go into the front yard. I'm going to come back, reward, reward every time you're calm and relaxed, and then I'll let you back in or we go for a walk or I go into the yard and engage with you. Yeah. So if you can start setting yourself up for success, I think that's the best thing to do. And um, know your... What's your lifestyle like? Are you a very active person? You love to run and be out outdoors all the time? Well, then if that's the case, then you can have a higher energy dog. If you love dogs, you've only had one dog 25 years ago and then you want another dog because your dog what you grew up with was a Staffy Cross, yeah. don't let that just be the only motivation. Again, I'm not against the bully breeds. I'm just against people just buying the bully breed because it looks cool or because it's um, a fun dog. It's that- They are a bit trendy fa- these days, aren't they? Yeah. So each- Every decade, there's like the the, the famous dogs. Yeah. You, know, the, you had the Doberman, Dobermans. They had the the bully shepherds. breeds are pretty sort of. And now it's a bully breed trend. and and um, Frenchies as well. Frenchies, well, which yeah. is part of the bully breeds. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. sure, bulldog. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you don't think of a Frenchie in the same generally necessarily not. as the same category. As a little like bit different. An American staffy, exactly. Yeah. But you can see how make the right choice and make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. You. If you have an existing dog that you want your dog to be friends with, well, then go for a walk multiple times before you take the dog. Take the dog from the shelter on a walk and see how they engage with mm-hmm. each other. And it'd be ideal if places can do trials. So you trial it for a week or two. Um, and if it doesn't work and they don't have a trial, well, then you surrender that dog back rather than having fights and things like that. And, of course, you know, if you are going to bring your rescue dog home, is that when it's feeding time, for example, and you have two dogs in the house, well, then just separate them when they're feeding or be supervising it. Don't let the dogs fight over the food. One bad experience like that will repeat more and more. So start off with the extreme as if they would fight over it, and then as the weeks and months go on, then we can get, let's say, feeding time gets closer and closer, and then you can be a bit more lax. But have the structure in place, really strong, rigid structure, Mm. then we can start making it more fluid. Good management, right? 100%. 100%. Management, management, management. It yeah. is like the key of everything yeah. and it's the key of- it's the broken record of good management. <laughs> it's equals, so important. Yeah. People uh, people set themselves up for failing. They try to fix problems that could have been managed, right? Yeah. And know that when you, like for example, if you are going to walk your, your new dog, well then start with good structure. Start with, you know, knowing what tools to use and we know we've talked about different tools and, you know, strong tools that can hold them and, you know, the you know, a martingale, for example, or a front clip harness, things yeah. are going to work individually for that dog. 
And or even with the really big dogs, sometimes you might need a, a prong collar as well. Well, look, like there's times where using a pinch collar is necessary. Sometimes mm-hmm. using a halt is necessary. Use the tool, but again, do it the right under tool the-, for the right job. Yeah, the right you dog. Make make sure that you've got somebody who has experience with using these tools, and then use them appropriately. So mm. even a check chain, martingale, pinch collar, um, a front clip harness can be good for some dogs. Even using a halty. The, you know, be open to what you're going to use because you don't want your dog pulling you, you down the street and then attacking another dog or running out into the street. I, s- I saw a guy the other day. He had a um, um, Amstaff puppy, probably 12, 14 weeks old. And this was uh, at a business um, in Rosebury. And he it was a weekday and he obviously he was bringing the dog out of the office to take a wee. No leash on the dog. And the dog darted straight across the road and mm-hmm. he's chasing it. And then the dog thinks it's a game. So the yep. dog runs even faster. Then when he caught the dog, he was rousing on it. Yep. And I feel like saying to him, well, who's at fault here? Well, not even who's at fault. Now, do you think that dog's going to stop next time that it runs? If, he, if at the end of it, it gets corrected mm. or gets punished for it. Yeah. So, and you haven't set it up for good management. You haven't yeah. had it. Even if it is a 10 meter lead mm-hmm. to have something to grab. Yeah. Have that lead on you. So then you can either stop the dog physically from running away and then be able to call the dog back. Um, having some rewards every time the dog's close to you, it's starting to get pumped with, with high value food, for example, playing yeah. the tug game or whatever it is. So, um, if we're talking about bully breeds, knowing how to use a tug, like for example, Biffy, the guy likes food, but he'll do anything for that tug. So we use a tug as part of our training high routine. Drive, high yeah. value reward. Yeah. He, he has high prey drive. Of course, he wants to chase bikes and, and skateboards that shows that he wants to chase and hunt things. Mm. So let him learn how to play with the tug. So when, he sees a dog up in the distance and we practice this a lot with him. He sees a dog out in the distance. I tell him to look. He looks at me and I say, get it, which is his command. And then we play this big fat game. And then I drill him with the like play a big um, intensity um, game. And then I get him to out. Did, this, means- did the staff at the shelter charge the get it command? Yeah. yeah. And, and they do it too. So like Lisa, who's the... The, um, the shelter manager there, like she's all over training and she's qualified yep. through the NDTF. So yep. she knows what she's doing and she's getting everybody to do these things with the dogs. And it's a good out for the dog. And the more that we can do that, we're fulfilling him biologically and we're also giving him the game he wants under control. Yep. And one, one thing that I teach about Tug is that it te- teach your dog to do a passive activity or a passive behavior for an active game mm. and that way that's what impulse control is that yin and the yang right we talked about the order which is do the behavior and then the chaos of the game it's and it is a chaotic game when you're playing tug mm. in the middle of it the dog's in his high drive and he wants to kill it and of course you let him win at times you tell him that you got he got to let go at other times and that way there we can have we can harness that energy into one bubble which is our game so Having all these tools up your sleeve really helps when you are getting these dogs because we don't know their history. They could be aggressive towards certain people. They could be aggressive to other other dogs. Yeah. So these are the, the the cons to having the rescue dog. The 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 pros are that we are you know helping society and we're not having to unnecessarily kill animals if we don't have to. Yep. That we're doing the right thing for our own selves and we're setting a good example. But also. You can skip the puppyhood stage. You can you can get a dog at two years old and you don't have to have a puppy mm. and you've already got a, a dog ready to work per se. What, and about, again, that could what about the flips? Yeah, what were you about to say? The flip side of that is obviously we had a whole episode about the, the um, seven to 17 weeks. Yeah. So if you've missed that stage 
and it wasn't handled properly and you end up with that dog, yeah. you could have other issues. There's some dogs that don't get the, like they, maybe in the first 17 weeks, that owner did take the dog out and he, we've just got a really, really confident dog and it doesn't take much to bring this dog back in line. So sometimes it can work and get a really confident dog who's, who's goal. He may seem to be, um, like, diso- like he, po- he definitely would be disobedient. Like he doesn't listen to commands. Mm. But he's confident. He wants to say hi to everyone. He wants to play with every dog that he sees. And that's good. You have a two-year-old dog that has all this confidence and nobody showed any rules. There can be a good side to that. We can teach markers and show the dog how to work. I think this is really um, – it can work really well for us. And we've got a dog that's confident and wants to play and wants to engage. And we just got to show him some some rules so and some, um, some boundaries. Mm. And that can work really well. The flip side is that the dog may not have gotten out. Had, had a bad experience, ran away from home because a thunderstorm struck and then you got hit by a car, you know, and then you ended up at the shelter or, you know, like all these things could be happening. It may not even be in that critical period. It could have been an eight months old yeah. that something bad happened or someone had the dog because I thought it was a good idea or it was a present from a friend or the boyfriend. And then they didn't do anything with the dog because they didn't have the time for it. And that dog has had bad experience or no experience. And then he's at the shelter where it's stressful enough. And then he goes to a new home. We, cuddle him and we want to make him feel safe but then what happens is after three weeks you start to see the bad behavior start to really come to surface like he was really good for a week and now he's he wants to kill everyone that he sees it's like well you're starting to found a, like a new life a new sense of i would say it's confidence Comfort. but it's but it's not confidence mm. because he's reactive or he's probably aggressive because he's fearful and that's not confidence but he has the means to do something about it i guess because I think I remember Pat saying that on one of their episodes. It's quite common What from what he'd seen was that a, you take a rescue dog home and, a, like, say, the first month the dog's fine and then it starts to play up. Yeah. I see that a lot as well. Yeah. Because um, it takes a dog about four to six weeks, a rescue dog, to adjust into their new home or into a new environment. Dogs are highly adaptive. And once they start to adapt into the new way, they start to see what they can and what they can't do. Mm. They start to go, hey, I've never had this sort of freedom before. This is awesome. Mm. But I'm still scared of that dog. And before I used to run, that dog kept on coming up to me, for example, and now I've got to bite him, let's just say. So talking about adopting a puppy, I mean, buying, purchasing a puppy, is that, well, first of all, you're getting the dog, you have the intention that you know what breed you're getting. You're not going to the shelter and go, okay, see what's available today. Sure. And you're making a choice. I want this dog. Yeah. I want this breed for this reason. That's right. Yeah. So let's just go with, oh, somebody wants to get a- Cavoodles are popular right now. You know, whatever. So first, we're not going to find- Poodle crosses. Yeah, you're not going to- Generally, you're not going to see a cavoodle at the shelter. Mm. That's just how it is. Mm. Of course, you could, and and there probably is heaps in shelters at the moment. But from what I see as a general norm, it's just not that. Yeah. Again, unless someone had to surrender the dog. But then if it's a cute little dog that's sweet- well, then you just put it up on Gumtree, someone will probably buy it or a friend of yours, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't need to go to the shelter so much because they, yeah, they're easily to be moved on. Yeah. And, like, you know, a, a cavoodle bites you, it hurts, but a roddy biting you, that damages, yeah. you know? So, um, but let's just say you go, yeah, I want to get a cavoodle because I like the characteristics. I've done some research and I think, you know, they don't shed. I'm, you know, hyperallergenic. They are, they're small, they're lightweight. I like their, their, their manners, their intensity. And things like that. So let's just say you go ahead with that. Then you're in control of how you can set this puppy up for, for life if you're doing all the right things. And if you're listening here, well, then you've probably listened to the other episodes. Listen to episode three anyway. Yep. And you're doing all of these things and you're shaping the puppy to what you want him to be. And that could be good. Now, the other side to that is that, well, you've got to deal with the puppy for 12 months. 
you know, puppies are- It's a baby. You know, he's a baby and he's learning life and it's a different responsibility than having an adult dog. Um, by the time they're 12 months old, they're, they're still young dogs, but they're, but they're not like how they were at six months old. So each month is going to be a different stage of his development, which means you got to switch it up a little bit. Mm. So there's heaps of fun in that, but there's probably more work involved with it. So you got to be ready for that. You got to be ready for yeah. it. Look, you should be ready about any dog that you get, but I think if you're going to do the puppy stuff, it's not as easy as you get the two year old dog and you go for the walk down the street for an hour. It's different than if you have a puppy, you're going for a, three-minute exercise out into the driveway because he's never done it before. He's never worn a harness or seen the world. In your experience, do you think people underestimate how much work a puppy is? I think so. It can be. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because it's- The it's- idea of the puppy is maybe more um, attractive than the reality of once you get it home. And yeah. the work and the time and the- Toilet training. Waking up in the middle that, of the night. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, it's a baby. Mm-hmm. So- Two things come to mind with that. One client that I saw not long ago, it was hilarious what they said. And I don't know what they said is true, but let's just say it is true. They said that, well, look, it was our third session and, the, and they still let the puppy run free in the apartment. And he was like peeing everywhere. And he was, he wasn't a puppy puppy. He was like, he's become now six, seven months old. So he's a little bit older. So they weren't using a crate or they had an exercise pen, but the dog can jump over it. So they just need a higher <laughs> exercise pen. And, um, and the, Puppy would pee in like a certain spot on the pads, but sometimes miss. So they were like, they'll come home and there was a bit of a mess, whatever. And I'm, and I said, like, has it, like, when was the last time the dog went for a walk? It was like sometime last week. And I'm like, why isn't he going out every day? And they go, Oh, when we looked up the puppy, they said that we don't have to walk him every day. Like they said, cavoodles don't have to be walked. And I'm like, who said that? They're like, what are we researching what the breeder said? I'm like, well, the breeder was probably trying to sell you a dog. Gum tree breeder. Um, and on top of that, if you were reading, then I don't think you're going to find many places that say you don't have to walk your dog. So you're probably selecting what you were reading and you, what do they call it? Like, um, something bias, selection um, bias, selection bias. Like yeah. you're looking for what you want to see. Uh, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Yeah. That's it. So they're looking for it and they found it. Now I'm yeah. like, if you don't want to walk the dog or if you can't, haven't got no time to walk the dog, you're both working full time jobs. You got two young girls. That was a cavoodle. A cavoodle. Do you think that's another issue with the, um, popular breeds in the sense that a breeder goes, hey, this dog's really popular. I can I can do, make good business breeding yeah. this dog and then 100%. flogging dogs saying, no, you don't have to walk walk mm. it once a week. That's fine. There's some oh, breeders that are like- $3,000, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Some breeders are like, onto it. I want to screen your house. I want you to do this, do that. And they're yeah. like, they're, they're the awesome breeders. You've got the other people that, look, if I bred a dog and then now I'm a breeder. But, you know, I tell yeah. people, make sure you're looking at a reputable breeder. So- Quesadale Farm, um, Samantha there, she goes through all the oodle breeds and she goes, I make sure that um, if I'm going to recommend anyone or if I take any puppies on to help train and then sell, they have to be from like, I, I want to screen the breeders. Mm. And then that way they're where, because again, genetical issues can happen, like mental issues, like, okay, not mental issues, but you know, um, behavioral, behavioral problems you and see, physical, yeah. right? And then also physical issues like, you know, hip dysplasia, joint issues, allergies, blah, blah, blah. If you're breeding these dogs on that you know have predispositions and then you keep breeding them, you're going to see more yep. of that, which is not good for, for the breed in total and for owners. So, um, so when I said to them back to the owners, I said, if you didn't, if you were excited that you didn't have to walk this dog, does that mean that you don't walk the dog? And then if you got a dog, then I ask the question, well, why do you have a dog? I mean, this is an important question. Mm. Why do you have a, a serious dog? Serious question. Like, yeah, what is it? Like, it's okay, a, we it's like a, dogs. It's not a handbag, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like we like dogs because they're exciting to be around. 
What do you want from the dog? Is it because you get to walk every day with the dog and have that bond that you can have interspecies bond, which is something that is like quite deep. It's philosophical. It's like mm. I get to share some affection that I don't have to say anything to the dog and we have this rational conversation, but we get to share the space together and, you know, it's quite, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Is it that or is it, or is it all of it that we get to train and we get to speak? We speak animal. It kind of brings us to like this primal space of ourselves mm. and, and things like that. So I'm like, if you wanted an animal that you didn't walk, why didn't you get a cat? And it's like, it wasn't trying to be smart ass. I was just being straight up. It's a serious question. Like that dog has to now live for the next 12 to 15 years and then. And what, not you, get walked? Yeah. Like, for example, now when they do walk it, the dog walks good. Of course, it's so excited and stuff, but they, they can do the training and they showed their competence. Mm. But it's just now it's just a matter of time, which brings my second thing that came to mind is that. Are we getting the dog because of the kids want the dog? Mm. You should not ever get a puppy or a dog because your children want it. If they're under 18 and they can't take on their own responsibility. Because they nag their way into it. Yeah. yeah. You get a dog because you want the dog. And then it happens to be the kids get the dog too because they will lose interest. They will – you think your seven-year-old's going to pick up poo every day and feed the dog and take it to the vet and walk it? Like legally the children can't even walk the dog until they're a certain age. Oh, really? Yeah, like I think 16. Right. Could be. Like who's liable if the dog runs on the road and causes an accident? Like what, a seven-year-old? Right. So the garden has to be around, things like that. And children will lose interest. So you got to have that interest there to be like, well, like if I have a dog, I don't get it because of Leonardo. I get it because I want the dogs to be around. It happens to be that. I mean, Leo's a bit too young to tell you that he wants a dog. So of course. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, like- You get my point. Um, it's going to end up being the parents', the parents' responsibility, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you better make sure that you're the one who wants the dog. Yeah. So- As much as or more than the kid- of course, I think that's I think that's a really valid point, and, and it's not really thought about often mm. enough because you know you get a dog, it's like okay, cool, we get the dog, like we buy another car or we buy a pot plant. Mm. It's not that. It's I feel like this is a bit of a. Look, I don't want to like tar anyone and and accuse people of anything, but mm-hmm. I feel like on some level, okay, getting like an, a a cool a cool breed mm-hmm. in this kind of world that we're living in now. Part of me feels like. It's just another lifestyle accessory for yeah, some people. Feels the ego. Yeah, like it's cool to say I've got a cavoodle and to like be at the cafe with the dog and people get to sit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a new car or I've got a new dog. Like, yeah. And particularly designer breeds mm-hmm. can be, could be. Yeah. People are, are getting them for possibly the wrong reasons. This will probably piss people off. Um, and I see this, I see it often couple get together they get the new house Mm. they get the dog Mm. we treat the dog like a child because biologically the women want the babies right like it's just it's biological that's Mm. a fact yeah and then we treat the bait like the dog or the cat like it like like it's our offspring Mm. like literally we love it and we give everything then baby comes along now how can you manage it all without having a good structure in place and without both of you helping out and again this is a general thing so don't get upset at me Mm. And then the baby comes along and we know that and raising a human baby is a lot of work and then the dog goes off on the wayside. And is it some motivation to fill that void of going, I need to look after something because mm. they're so cute. Yeah, it's that beautiful. maternal drive. So it could be. It could be that as mm. well. And I see a little bit of that at home. Mm. Like, and, I, and I'm not even to like bag Tanya. Like Tanya loves Romeo, for example, our cat. The cat, yeah. And she still gives a cat love and she does, still does everything that she needs to do for it. 
but she's funneling now she's got much more energy on our baby of course and the cat is not like he's been forgotten everything still happens but he's not getting as much there's a hierarchy he's leo is now at the top of the hierarchy 100 percent. it is what it is and if you're not fulfilling the the animal's needs because now we've got three animals to to care for now i still walk the dog every dogs every day yeah and i still give romy everything that he needs and i still have to play with him and everything else and we let him out as well Mm. at the right times etc etc so um so yeah, so that could be another motivation. So kind of gone a little bit on a tangent, but I think it's all kind of relatable is that you should be understanding what you want from a dog before you get it. Mm. Whether think, that's a rescue dog or a puppy. Yeah. It's like any big life decision make you wanna that you're making, you wanna really sit down and, and think about why am I doing this? Yeah. Whether it's I mean a dog is a is a ten ten plus year decision. Yeah. Hundred percent. And Okay, talking about the ego feeling side of it mm-hmm. is that you get the bully breed because they're tough and they're big and they're strong. I've seen, I've well, again, let's not overgeneralize. No one's pointing fingers or anything. The re- look, stereotypes don't come from nowhere. And yeah. the amount of times you'll be like on the Esplanade at Cronulla or somewhere around and you'll see like, you know, the guy who probably thinks he's pretty tough who looks like that. And then they've got a, what have they got on the end of the lead? Like a big, tough bully breed. Yeah. And no. it's on a chain leash and it's on a, you know what I mean? Like, And it can have all that. The the big bloke, the tough dog. You know what I think is badass? When the dog walks super calm next to the owner Loose and he lead. stops yeah. and the dog sits and he waits for command. That yeah. shows me control. Mm. That shows me- Not the guy that's like this. Walks with the dogs and then gets pulled down the yeah. street, right? So, again, maybe they're giving the dog everything they need and the dog lives a happy life. Mm. All right. But also- the, you know, um, are we filling that that social category? Mm. Like, and that could be a problem too, because then the dogs wear it. Because why are all the staffies in the shelter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're harder to to rehome, but a shepherd would be hard to rehome. And why isn't it full of German shepherds? Mm. Like, there's German shepherds that we see there, for example, when I see them, and they still get rehomed and stuff. But there's still more bully breeds. So, mm. for example, there are going to be these social trends. Like maybe 30 years ago, there was more Dobermans in the shelter because they were getting out and people couldn't look after them. People went to jail or they had to move overseas and no no one could take the dog on. So, they surrender the dog to the shelter. Mm. So, if you're getting it, make sure you're doing every single thing that you can to biologically re, um, fulfill these dogs, dog. yeah. the, these dogs. And if you're getting a puppy, it shows like a – First of all, when you get a puppy, you've got to be on a waiting list. It's not an impulse buy. You don't go to the shelter and then buy the dog, unless you go to the pet store, for sure. So, these are other things as well. Is that if you're going, in, all right, we have the impulse to buy a puppy. Let's go to the puppy, um, the the pet store and look at the puppies. Go there another four times in that month. What are your and thoughts on pet stores? While we're here, we may as well lay it out. Um, look, I guess there's a problem because- like, how can you vouch for the breeders? Mm. Like, like for example, I'm going to be getting my next dog, and my next dog will be a German Shepherd. It will be a working line Shepherd. Yeah. Again, be- I'm saying will, will, will. It hasn't happened yet, so yeah. I'll vouch for when it happens. I've been talking about it for too long, but but that's up until what I'm now, you've for. had rescue dogs, and you've so well. For Rocky most- was uh, was from a farm, and he was given to my parents, and then while I was mm. away, and I came home, my parents had this puppy for mm. me. Ace was a Rescue dog, but he was like nine weeks old from the shelter. Yeah. I got spades. He was 13 weeks old from the shelter I worked at. And then we have Nookie who Nookie was- was rehomed. Rehomed from yeah. an old yeah. an old client. Yeah. So, year and a half old. So, so you've never really gone to a breeder and bought a puppy? No, I haven't. No. Right? And then, so you've seen that. You've done that. Yeah. You've trained all of these dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you've made the decision, hey, look, my next dog, I want a working line dog. 
you know? Because I'll have a specific purpose for this dog. Yeah. First of all, I want to have the, I want the dog to have the specific, um, breeding selection that he'd been bred for. So I want drive. Mm. I want to be able to have a dog that has good genetics for his physical health. I don't want a German Shepherd that has an archy back and is going to have hip dysplasia at 14 months old or, you know, bad joints. Where these things can happen as well from anywhere. Yeah. But if I see too to many show line German Shepherds with issues, men- mental issues and physical issues, where if you see a lot of these working line dogs, they're stable, they're strong, but they're driving, they're intense. Now, in the wrong hands, a dog can be nice. I see clients with working line dogs and they, they're giving them pet dog lifestyles. This dog's an athlete. Mm. He needs to be worked mm. to the fullest extent to be fully like Pat's, fulfilled. Um, Malinois. Yo, well, there's another problem. Will the next, um, um, more popular dog be the Malinois because he took out the, the, the terrorist, um, mm. I mean, you know, it's a military or whatever, dog, right? They're military dogs. Mm. And, and there's, there's a lot of talk in the, uh, in the canine industry talking about we're worried that these dogs are going to be, um, a, a, you know, the next, um, popular trend. dog to get. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I got a Malinois. You know, it looks like a German Shepherd cross Kelpie. It's like, no, he's like, he's a, it's a military he's, dog. He's, yeah. They're very hard to deal with mm. because they're like velociraptors. The guys are like, they're intense. They're high drive. They got high working ability. Awesome dogs, but they're not for everybody. Mm. So, you know, um, and with social media, stories go around, pictures go around. We're like, he's beautiful. He's, he's cute. Or I want that dog because he looks like I want to, I want a guardian, yeah. you know? So, um, so yeah, so make sure you make, so like when I'm going to go find this breeder now, I'm in this, in the position where I can ask so many different trainers and different breeders questions. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can be direct in the right place because people with lots more experience than me can go definitely check these guys out. I'll go, I'll check them out. And most of these people will make you sign forms and everything else. And they want to screen you and things like that, mm-hmm. which is, that's what you want from a breeder. So what are the forms to, to say? You know, like, from? you know, what do you want in your dog? Right. You know, like, so then I know which puppy or mm. from which. So it's almost like a which, selection process yeah. for you as an owner. Of course, like, yeah. I want my dog to be, because I'm, I'm in the military and I want my dog to do this. Well, then we need a certain dog for that. It's like, look, I'm a dog trainer. I want my dog to do this, but I still would like to do some sporting activity with the dog, mm. like um, bite work and things like that. So then they know where, which line, you know, which puppy in that, in that litter. And, and these people with good experience know how to do that. So. The problem with being at the pet store is that are they coming from a puppy mill where they've just got massive factories and they're just pumping out dogs? Dogs don't leave these little battery um, um, cages and they're just getting pumped out. And you see these mums, you're like, you know, they rock up at the shelter sometime or someone gets them and they're just like their, their, their teats are like hanging on the ground. They're malnourished. They're not looking good. They're, they're sad. They're, they haven't had enough exposure to the world. And this is a problem. Like, do we don't want to feed the puppy mills, right? Mm. So. So if some shelter, I mean, if some pet stores are getting their dogs from there, are they getting them from the best breeders possible? So that could be a problem. The, the worst thing about a pet store selling puppies is that it's the whole impulse buy thing. Mom, mom. Or, oh, my God, it's cute. You know, I mean, like, yeah, the fact that you can go to a shopping center and, and buy an animal a, in the same place that you buy your groceries and yeah. your, your clothes. Like and you're in the mindset of shopping at the, mm. at the shopping store. It's not like you've gone out to research to find it. I had a client who goes, I wasn't planning to get a dog. I came home with a dog, a little staffy. And I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. From the pet store? Yeah, from the pet store. We did a session. He didn't tell his like parents or whatever that he was getting the dog. The dog was just messing the whole place up. He wasn't doing anything. We, I, I was trying to get him to do his second session. Couldn't get it done because the guy's like not committed. And everyone in the family so is young. Probably like, yeah. you know, younger than like in his 20s. Like old enough to know what the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. But I was in still living at home. Still living at home or with his yeah. his family yeah. or something. So 
in that case, and like in not doing everything right, the dog was just peeing all in the carpet and he's in the granny flat there. He was destroying the place. He wasn't walking it. The dog had uh, had his own little quirk. So, you know, again, impulse buy, you're not prepared for all of this. Um, and, and I'm hoping in our next one that we do together, we're going to talk about, you know, what to do, bringing our puppy home. And mm. We'll talk more about that in detail. So I think that's like something to think about is like, yeah, adopt, don't shop. I get it. But then if we keep taking on rescue dogs, let's just say if every 100% of the market was taking rescue dogs, well, then what about, no our, dogs. <laughs> what about our dogs that are being bred for, yeah. for, for, for purchasing? Mm. I, I, I call it purchasing because you're not adopting a child. Mm. I think it's, it's emotional. You adopted, you mm. know, it's like you adopt a, a human and you buy a dog, you know, and I think it's, even though you buy the human as well, <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's language. I guess it's, it's powerful. Um, but I think it's better to think of it that way. Mm. I bought the dog. You didn't adopt him. You, know, yeah. you didn't rescue him. Unless you got him from the stream and he was going to get drowned and you jumped in and rescued yeah. him, you rescued him. Unless you actually found him on the street maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I brought him up from here. You had to hand feed him. That's that's rescuing. Mm. I think, again, I still use the word rescue dog and I still say, did you adopt mm. that dog? I because still that's use that. gen- the general people know that yeah. word, that phrase. Exactly. Yeah. It's just It just changes the way we say it, mm. you know, emotions and rationality. It is a good point to make because you sort of sit and think, yeah, well- yeah, it is still a purchase. I purchased it from yeah. the RSPCA versus a breeder or yeah. the, the pet shop, but it is yeah. still a purchase. No, I think so. I think it's just it's something that I heard from another trainer, one of my mentors. He said it, and I'm like, that makes sense. Mm. And I've thought about it more and more because mm. I'm always around it, and it's um it's something to think about. So, so yeah, so I think that that those are some of those pros and cons. You know, like you're going to get a rescue dog. They're going to come with their own um, baggage. They're going to come with their own good things as well. And and also you get to see what the dog's going to be like with an as an adult because as an adult yeah. you you're seeing that dog, yeah. and um and with puppies you have to raise a puppy so there's a puppyhood which I think it's exciting but it's work it's work it's mm. it's not like it's but then you get to shape the dog as well then you shape the dog so I don't think one's better than the other that's the whole point though of this episode as yeah. well it's not um that black and white yeah to say something like adopt don't shop is yeah. a very I get it but it is a very black and white statement yeah. And as someone who's only bad. ever had adopted dogs, yeah. I get it. And yeah. you, you like, you do on some level as a human, um, there is that maternal um, feeling of knowing that the dog that you have might have not had a, such a great outcome if mm. you if you hadn't brought it into the house. Yeah. So that is that is one aspect. And this is very um, unpopular to say, but not every dog can be saved. Mm. There's some dogs that they're just they're just not suitable. Yeah. Oh no. No, no, that dog, he'll go to the farm with the experienced guy. Where are the farms with the experienced guys? Mm. You know, they've probably got their hands full anyway. Yeah. So and then we okay, it's like we want to save his life. We're gonna save his life because we don't kill. We're a no kill shelter. Mm. I get it. All respects to you. But don't rehome him to someone who has no idea and then that dog attacks the beloved four-year-old dog that has changed the other family's life because you've had the dog for a week. Mm. You know what I mean? And I yeah. see that a lot too. It's like this dog probably shouldn't have been rehomed. Yeah. What do you think it should have happened to him? Where rehoming is the- put above all else. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Man, I don't know. Like we've got to think about the rest of the people because people aren't going to do the right thing. And oh, you've I've got – look, I think you've got the ability to talk about this because I remember um, – when you did your first episode with Canine Paradigm, I remember you saying you've had, what was it, over 100 dogs. You've been there when they were euthanized, right? I've seen heaps of dogs be killed. Yeah. I said 100. It Probably could, have been could less, be more right? or less. But it's a lot. Your average person there. hasn't seen unless, like, I've seen, I was there when Fudge died and it was fucking intense. Like, yeah. I remember I was in the room 
and they put the needle in him and it was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah, so I can't you can do it to a dog that. That, you don't, that you don't know and it's just another dog. You've yeah. got to go back to work. Yeah. It's hard. It's stressful for you, you know, mm. and um, and you don't realize what you've what you've partaken in. Mm. So And then we go, okay, whose fault was that? Was it the person that we that, that euthanized a dog? No, man, it's a person who not even who purchased that original because everywhere, every dog, every rescue dog mm. has come from a breeder. Like it's been bred. Yeah. They don't just be born out of nowhere into a kennel, you know, so they've come somewhere. So if we're doing the right things with, so if, so it didn't even come from that person buying the puppy. Mm. It could even come further back to being that breeder who bred that puppy is responsible for that dog going into the right home. And you can't make always mm. the best decision. You, you may rehome it. You may sell the puppy to somebody who hasn't. Got the right experience mm. and the right intentions and or whatever. Or they've lied. Or they've the lied. Yeah, yeah or their situation changes or the dog escapes and things happen. So mm. I get it. It's, it's not black and white. There's millions of variables mm. that affect these things. But um, recent Canine Paradigm episode I listened to with Katrina Hartwell, and she breeds dogs specifically for a purpose. They're, they're the band dogs. Band dogs are like hunting dogs, and she does other things as well. But she breeds dogs, and she was going into intense depth about her um, – her responsibility of bringing these dogs into the world. She's bringing them in. She has to do everything as the best of her ability to be able to go out into the world. And doing things like charging a clicker to a puppy for their first meal. Pat's like, I don't want a dog that hasn't had it. Not that he can't do it, but he wants a breeder who has put the intention into doing that means all the other good things he's done. Like mm. if these puppies were socialized just to a very minor level or like doing the things that breeders should be doing, then that's good because then those puppies are going to go out into the rule with some experience already. So, like, these things are important rather than Joe Blow down the street breeds his two dogs that he's got with not the right genetics that are going to be good for a pet dog or they've got severe health issues or whatever, whatever. Mm. And then we're breeding this on. So, the genetics are further moving on. So, there's heaps of things to think about. I think one thing that if you've listened this far into this episode is that do your research. Mm. What breed do you want? Number one. Number two is do you want an adult dog? Do you have time for a puppy? Number three is research the research and keep researching and find, ask questions, ask professionals, ask 500 different questions. If you, if you think you've got an impulse on a puppy and don't be set on that one puppy that you see because he looked at me or something is that you go there five other times. Keep thinking about it. Think about it for an extra month after Mm -hmm. because one month, two months isn't the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And then go, I still want this puppy. Perfect. Then you need a puppy. Yeah. You know, because obviously I want people to own dogs. I'm a dog trainer. Yeah. I love dogs too. But <laughs> Future clients. Yeah, yeah. Like, but don't be getting a dog just because, mm. you know, you, you've, you've, you've got some void in your life and you haven't filled it and you get the dog, you're into it for a year and then the dog rots away in your yard because it hasn't had the life that it needs. There's a lot of emotion attached to dogs and fair enough yeah. like they're um, well like i got the dog i didn't i didn't realize how much a dog was going to change my life i was 18 you know and i got this dog and, and he changed everything about me so that dog changed my life and it's what the dog taught me mm. and and valuable lessons that some humans couldn't have taught me so so i i know the power of dogs mm. it's just that you've got to make sure that you're you're willing to give that to them so not one for the other. I'm, as I said, I'm at the shelter all the time helping these dogs and helping these people out. And I think I see heaps of people that get the dog and they live a massive, an amazing life and the dog gets a, a mad life too. So there is a, there's, there's a spiritual side to it. You know, yeah. it's like we're doing something for, for, um, for the species of dog. But, um, but if you want a puppy, don't feel bad that you're going to get a puppy, you know, just support good breeders. Very important. Yeah. So Pick the um, right breeder. 
Oh, yeah. One more thing, which I'm sure we're going to say this again, is that don't look like if you're going to go for a puppy, don't look at the rest of the litter. Look at what mum and dad are like. Because mum and dad are more of a representation of what that puppy is going to grow into. Except for the puppies are babies. You can, what can you see from a puppy? Like, what can you see from a 13 month old baby compared to seeing mum and dad's habits? Don't they say it's like when you're, um, when you're dating a girl, look at a mum? <laughs> yeah. There, there you go, man. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's it. You know, the, the genetics are there. So. Mm. That's a, that's a good, that's probably a really important mm. tip. And if they refuse to show mum and dad. Is that, is that common? For what? To, to, for them to hide the parents? Sometimes, like, they just don't have this, the, the, the male dog, the side. They just don't oh, have right. It, sure. Um, because they breed, the dog goes back to where it was, and then mm. they've only got the female. So when we went glamping, um, it was in Tilba Tilba and it was on the, on a farm there. And it was like your typical country, um, story of how a dog gets pregnant. Like, they had a, she was, um, I think she was Labrador something else, Labrador cross something. And um, one day the neighbours or like the guy from down the road, um, Kelpie, was on the farm and this bloke was doing work. Dog gets out. There you go. You know, the yeah. next thing you know, she's had seven puppies. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a plan. But, yeah, and, so. and then they were about to sell and adopt, you know, on on move on most of those dogs but like the, the male dog was nowhere to be seen so you know so that's a classic example that you can't see dad yeah but if they're a, a breeder that's breeding then show me videos of dad mm. like show it to the people this is what dad was like this is what mum's like not like look how strong my dog looks mm. physicality is important for sure mm. you, you mean know? like a photo like a photo but like show a video. me yeah, yeah show me like how is he around people and dogs? Yeah. How is he around doing obedience and yeah. like and different things? On so the street around different yeah. stimulus. Yeah. So I think that's that's a good good point, a good tip to have. Where um, if you're going to get a rescue dog, you haven't got that opportunity, but you're already you're already somewhat experienced to know that. Well, I know that I'm not going to get a dog that I've shaped. I'm going to have to try to condition this dog to fit my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I think that's what we can talk about that. Yeah, and if there's any questions, of course, hit me up yeah. and we can answer that or, or whatever. So don't send us any hate mail. No, nah, <laughs> we'll probably piss some people off, but for all good intentions, it's not to, um, to, to pick on anybody. It's mm. more just to, to point out that this is what's happening. Yeah. And I see a lot of people that I have this judgment of. Oh. And then after I get to know them, like, man, my judgment was off. Yeah. So you can't judge. Always be willing to be wrong. 100%. Yeah. So important. And that's that's what a that's what a teacher should be doing anyway. I can't judge what's gonna happen and then go there and, and then treat them as if it's my judgment. Be open. Like mm-hmm. my, my saying is, and maybe I shouldn't tell this to everybody, but anyway, it is what it is, is that you expect expect people to be dumb mm. but treat them like they're smart. Right. And that way there then you have respect for somebody because they have potential to prove to, to prove that they're smart enough. But don't but another thing is that you don't expect just because someone heard the whole the podcast that they now know everything. Yeah. Because then you're doing them a disservice, like, all right, do that thing. And they're like, What is that? Mm. So don't expect them to know more than what they do know. Expect that they don't know anything. Maybe not dumb dumb's not the word. You know, they're just uneducated. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. There you go. Now, that's what I mean. And yeah. I think that's really important. Judge it because judging is a natural mm characteristic of a human you should judge yeah. things it's it's going to happen yeah. but just don't act off that judgment unless you have fact yeah so that's it all right if you like what you hear you know what to do yeah leave us a review yeah that'd be awesome we've been hearing some cool reviews actually lately <laughs> yeah people love the 2020 20 rule yeah that one the structured um, walk far out um outpaced it so like compared to the other episodes it, it was a, a standout in terms of popularity yeah. so hey 
Thanks, Tell us guys. what you like to hear. You know, I think so. Give us a bit of feedback, even if it's a private message. If you don't want to put it out on the Facebook mm. or Instagram, mm. but um, but it's good for us to know, so we know what to put more out of. And people have been asking questions, so I'm going to add them to the Q and A's. Yeah. And as you know, um, we do this once once um every two once weeks, and then yeah. and then every other fortnight we do the Q and A. So we're mixing it up a little. Yeah. So yeah, we're open to. Any any feedback as well, like you know, yeah. constructive criticism. I'm not I'm not sensitive. I've got yeah. thick skin, so if it's <laughs> something that you think that you want me to change, um, I'm happy to, uh, well, uh, at least consider it. I'm not gonna I'm gonna still be who I am. Yeah, but I think it's important that we can always improve this for everybody. So hit us up, reach out, say hello. That's it. All right, thanks, episode bro. ten done. Thanks done. Thanks guys. <laughs>